Blog Talk Radio. And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Book Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in Phoenix, Phoenix, New Jersey, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California. This week we'll be joined by our special guest, Deacon Millet of fouraltars.org in the high desert of California, bringing us today's topic on how to become a professional psychic. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection. Using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo conjure or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodoos of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Cat? Hi, Clifford. Did I hear you say scenic Teaneck, New Jersey? <laughs> yes, it's, it's an old joke from my mom. I, I honor her whenever I use that phrase. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. Thanks. Your mom was brilliant. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is the garden state after all. No? It's the garden state. That's so true. <laughs> all right. Um, well, how are things in scenic Teaneck? Pretty good. As I told you, um, uh, I think last week or the week before, I had some work being done in the house, and it's in the process of completion. And I'll be back to work on Conjure next week. I have some stories about that, I presume. Oh, good. Well, you know, you're taking a little break to get the house repaired while Mercury is retrograde. It's a good good time to do remediation. And um, and we look forward to seeing you back, taking readings and prescribing root work. I know that you have a busy practice, so, but, you know, kitchen repair comes first sometimes. I get that. <laughs> Yeah, having workmen in the house kind of undermines doing candle work all over the place. Oh, yes, all the banging and hammering. I know, I get it. <laughs> it's not going to be great for doing reading and root work. All right, well, good to know that you're progressing. Things here are um, very mercury retrograde. As um, one of my friends, um, Carolyn Hennessy, posted on Facebook, she goes, is this the worst mercury retrograde or is it just her? I wouldn't say it's the worst. I would say it's the worst for people. I have not had a giant um, explosions on my electronic equipment, which is good. That's a good Mercury retrograde. I have not had um, a lot of, you know, packages going astray in the mail. But a lot of people communication issues have been going down. I'm just trying to, you know, slowly sail and navigate the the paths that you must navigate to get through this type of thing. But this is an odd Mercury retrograde. It's a, it's a weird one. It's, it's I'm calling it the people 
Mercury retrograde. I give them all names. You know the way people talk about the full dog blood moon and all that. You know, <laughs> the, you know the the blue flower strawberry moon, all of that stuff. I I give every Mercury retrograde its own personal name. This is the people Mercury retrograde. So I've been working very. <laughs> I've been working very hard on projects. I've been working on my Patreon pages, getting out um, a new page every week. And I have, as I do every year, started to transition to writing a book. And I usually write one book a year on some facet of magic or divination. So I've started two books, as usual. Um, One is co-written and the other is all me, as usual. So we'll be hearing more about that as time goes on. If you are one of my patrons who subscribes for $2 a week on Patreon, you will soon start receiving PDFs of finished pages of books. They won't be full books, of course. You're just going to be seeing what's coming out that week. But I look forward to pleasing my patrons with advance notice and uh, readings of books. And, of course, I'm going to continue with my advance web pages that are released to the patrons one year ahead of when the public sees them. And this uh, time uh, has come to start releasing some of these older pages that the patrons paid for last year. So if you follow me on Facebook or on Instagram, you'll see notices that say, one year ago my patrons paid for this page and now it's free to the public. Check them out because they're all good, interesting web pages on folklore, folk magic, and primarily focused on hoodoo, African-American, conjure, and what you call it. But there are some that kind of drift off into other little venues, uh, divination, palmistry, and things like that. Um, also numerology. All righty. So that's what's new with me. How are things in your world, Contraman? Things are uh, quite well. It's interesting that you were mentioning that this is a people Mercury in retrograde for you. It's, it's definitely a tech Mercury in retrograde for me. Uh, mm. Nothing major, like nothing is blown up, but definitely computer freezes, uh, you know, uh, having difficulties logging into things. Uh, mm. You know, mm. it, it's just been very bizarre in that regard. So I'm looking forward to it fully coming to an end uh, because it's not it's not bad to the point where, I mean, I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want to jinx it. It's not bad to the point where, like, it's, you know, nothing is working. But everything I've done, I've had to done kind of like twice tech-wise. Mm. If I'm printing mm. something, it's just going to hit print twice if it's going to go through. Uh, even even just now, uh, I was, I've been sitting in the queue for like two minutes before I realized I hadn't had my hand up, right? So like, it's like it's just one of those bizarre uh, Mercury in retrograde. I don't usually experience Mercury in retrograde too severely, to be honest with you. So this is like a very mild bump in the road. But I am very much looking forward. The good news is that Venus is coming out of retrograde very soon. So that should be kind of a a nice little uh, uh, wind in our sails uh, that I'm looking forward to. And then Mercury uh, early, I think February 3rd or 4th, it's going to be out. So that's going to be nice. We're almost out of the woods. Whether you're experiencing a people retrograde <laughs> or a tech retrograde, <laughs> we're almost there, almost, almost there. But it it has been it's been certainly an interesting one. Other than that, quite well. I had a really phenomenal 
for reading today. That was quite enjoyable. I did a couple today. The last one I did was just a, an hour or so ago, and it was very, very good. Um, so otherwise, doing very well and looking forward to our wonderful guest who's a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's bring on our guest and um, colleague, Deacon Millet. Hi, Deacon Millet. Welcome. Hello. How are you guys? So good to hear you're both doing good. Ali, do you find that your your readings almost get a little touch more inspired during Mercury retrograde? You know, during Mercury and retrograde, I very much uh, to include some type of there's a retrograde going on, so bear in mind that there will be some delays in regards to whatever it is you're asking about. So it is, uh, they show up in my reading, whether I'm doing an astrology reading or I'm not doing an astrology reading. Like if someone is asking about, will my ex come back? Or I always, so it's one of those things where the retrograde isn't just an experience. It becomes a, almost a living part of the readings themselves. That's so interesting. Both of you describe Mercury retrograde as living things. It's mm-hmm. quite, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been, you know, push, pushing along with all the same old stuff. So um, looking forward to getting on a book in the new year and burning lots and lots of candles. And um, and now we've got this special going on with um, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers and Hoodoo Psychics for um, kind of a buy one, get one free. And that's been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, getting emails from people asking about that and getting excited about that. So, well, um, that is, that is why we have you on. That's why we have you on today. Now, when you say buy one, get one free, let's just hold up a second. No, he's not <laughs> talking about readings for clients. Mm-hmm. Um, Deacon Millett is, as some people know and some do not, but now you're all going to know it, he is the president of the board of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, which is the governing nonprofit body that is in charge of AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, and also the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, the AIR Tech Team, the Sacred Spaces Fund, and other things that the AISC um, operates. Oh, and the Crystal Silence League. So he's got a lot of responsibility, but he's a Capricorn and he can take it, right? <laughs> right, Deacon? So so far. so far. And he also has been the reading wrangler for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And as if that were not enough, Deacon Millet, being a Capricorn and a responsible business person, is also the owner and operator of Hoodoo Psychics, which is a psychic reading line where you can get readings from people who also practice Hoodoo. In other words, it's not just going to be... Uh, intuitive reading or, um, you know, classic tarot reading, there's going to be an opportunity for you to talk with your reader about either learning a root work spell, which they can teach you on the phone, or uh, getting the root workers um, to sign up to do the work for you if you make a contract off of Hoodoo Psychics. So unlike other psychic lines where they're not allowed to talk about even something as simple as lighting a candle, they're only supposed to say what they sense and feel, at Hoodoo Psychics we talk the real deal. You know, I'll tell you how many candles 
to light, when to light them, and and um, and I'll give you some herbs to roll them and and teach you the difference between rolling the candles in wax, oil, and lard. I mean, you know, or Crisco. We'll go the whole route. If and so. I do a lot of my best one-on-one teaching on Hoodoo Psychics. I love this psychic line because it's different than others. So that's what um, Deacon Millet has made possible. And what he means by a two-for-one is that for new uh, readers who are qualified otherwise, credentialed otherwise, if you join Hoodoo, uh, excuse me, if you join AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, which is a voluntary kind of, you know, a collaborative directory. Uh, he, as the owner of Hoodoo Psychics, will comp you one year free membership in the Hoodoo Psychics directory. Your fee will be paid. So that's what he's talking about. Sorry, that was a long explanation. I'm awful sorry, Deacon Mellon, but I had to kind of jump in because I thought, oh my God, they're all going to raise their hands and say, I want two readings. <laughs> <laughs> but it, this no, is also I, a big deal and quite quite I, generous. I, yeah. Well, it's um, you know the the cost for um, the initial to do psychics to get on is one hundred and seventy five dollars for your first year. Um, so that's that's a pretty big savings. Um, so anybody who's you know interested in that should get online and look over the air application or send me an email. Um, I'm, I'm available. And the other thing we're doing, because one of the requirements for joining either of these organizations is having graduated from your class, Ms. Kat. Um, mm-hmm. So we've, we're also going to offer this again in June. So we're announcing now hey, everybody, we're going to do this again in six months. Get your homework done. Get graduated. We're going to do this again. Because COVID has sent a lot of people scrambling to figure out what they're doing with their lives and how they can work from home, how they can be safe in these times. And, you know, even if it's not your primary business, having a sideline of doing root work if you're gifted for the work or you put the time in to learn the work, um, it's, it's good for you and it helps others. It's a way to, to share your knowledge with other people. So um, I'm excited about it. We've had a lot of interest already, which is just awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I think you'll be seeing some new folks in AIR and who do psychics in the coming months. So, um, so far so good, but today, we also have an opportunity to talk about how to become a professional psychic. So Mm -hmm. that's, um, everybody's kind of on pins and needles when they first start doing anything, Um, you know, and uh, you just have to power through it, get some experience, um, and get get your feet under you. Um, So we're here to help with that today. Okay. Well, I'd like to open with my favorite tarot card for those who want to become a professional anything. And I vary, and people have heard me read this card many times, I vary the attributions of the emblems on the card according to the Mm -hmm. 
career path. You already know what I'm talking about, don't you, Contraband? Um, according <laughs> to the career path that the person is going through, but I would like to talk about my favorite cards and what it means to become a professional psychic when looking at the idea of the Eight of Pentacles. Now, not everyone who's listening to this show has a tarot deck. There are many readers who don't use tarot decks, but go, go look at the Eight of Pentacles right now. So the Eight of Pentacles is a person who's coining money. He's actually making money, and he has on display his wares, and he has one thing that didn't work out. He just kicks it under the bench. It's a bent and damaged golden disc, and he's making the next one. So these eight discs represent eight ways to make yourself known. And I always start with number one, do you have a business card? I just talked a couple of days ago. Someone wanted to be a professional psychic, just another one calling me. I don't know if she is in this chat now. I told her she ought to tune in, but I don't know if she did or not. First question, do you have a business card? No. All right, go get your business card. And the next question, do you have your name in gold on the door? Which could be a storefront, um, a sign that you hang at a flea market booth. It could be your website with your name on it. Um, Do you have um, ads that you put out? Classified ads was what the old word was for it. Do you actually contact people and say, hey, I'm doing readings, I do readings. Do you have discount specials? In other words, just to use myself as an example and many readers, if you book me on Hoodoo Psychics, you're going to be paying a certain set fee per minute. If you pre-book me through air, it's a whole lot less a minute. But I do that because I know that that minute is going to be taken. That hour or half hour will be taken. And it's worth it to me in planning my time to have those pre-scheduled readings and give those people a discount. And there are other things. Do you belong to a collegial group, an association? Well, there's AIR, and it's a good one Mm -hmm. to join. And then there is personal fame. Do you ever get out there and, you know, do you teach? Do you lecture? Do you write? Do you present? These are ways to get known. If something doesn't work out, have you discarded it? You know, you wanted to do something and it just wasn't the right thing. Let it go. And the last one is, are you still continuously making yourself available for readings and root work? Okay, That's the Eight of Pentacle way of life. And I hope that mm-hmm. is, opens up this discussion. So that was my, my contribution. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, Eight of Pentacles is actually a really phenomenal um, example of of this type of work one of the things that we encounter when we have clients who are interested in this is nine times out of ten when they ask for a reading about this particular topic should i become a reader their focus is specifically the ability as a psychic do i have the ability to read do i have the ability to dream true do i have the ability to interpret the cards or do astrology or or do i have the ability to read it look look into a crystal ball that's what they ask what they rarely take into consideration is the business side of it 
because there is a business side to it. If you're asking, you know, how do I become a reader, you need to also be aware of the practical considerations. And that's what I think the Eight of Pentacles represents for me, is you work at that practical step. The uh, Eight of Pentacles shows us an individual that is working on those pentacles one by one and getting better at them. You see one discarded, right? And slowly kind of building up. So the, the whole idea is, do you have, do you have some type of um, growth? Do you have some type of work? Do you have some type of progress towards the practical side of business? Do you get your business cards? Have you set up a website? Do you know what your uh, policies are? For example, if a client cancels on you, what, what, is your, what are the type of options that you have in regards to that? What can clients get from you that's different, right? Are they just getting the same old tarot reading that they get anywhere else? It's perfectly fine if that the answer is yes. Or is there something unique about you? So it's about building up the actual practical side of business, who you are as a spiritual worker. And the work component here is important. That's the earthy pentacle component to it. So whenever I, I talk to people, and I'm more than happy to do these, these consultations, though I'm also quite frequently uh, refer them to you, uh, Ms. Kat, because I'm like, look, if you want to talk to someone, you need to talk to the queen of pentacles about this. Because she, <laughs> she's, been at it for, she's been at it for a while. She knows what she's talking about. She'll give you psychic uh, <laughs> advice, but she'll also give you some good practice Advice, right? We all we've all learned from you, uh, and so I tell them very upfront. Look, I'm happy to give you this consultation. Happy to advise you. I'm also happy to refer you to the cat. She knows what she's talking about and can guide you here, because they, 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 there is this question, and you do it on the radio show. Anyone who is an attentive listener on the radio show will hear. Cat's number one question: Do you have business cards? Right. This is an important question to ask. And yes, you may be worried in the era of the pandemic. Has it killed the business card? No, but the business card is not just a physical card. It can also be digital. The, visit, the business card is also, do you mean, do you have a logo? Do you have a name? Do you have a contact, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's what a business card represents. It's got all that information. Because once you've got that business card, then someone knows this is who this person is, this is what they do, and this is where I can find them. Are you at a physical location? Do you have a phone number that they can reach or an email that they can reach? Are you on social media that they can connect with, et cetera? So the practical considerations of becoming a psychic reader are as equally important as the psychic skill components of it. And I always tell clients, take a breath. Let's start by building the practice one step at a time. I'm going to say something about that business card. And um, and I, I do believe that if you're in the world of hoodoo, you probably will be sending people actual yep. spiritual supplies because hoodoo yeah, is yeah. a folkloric practice that doesn't rely just on thought. And, um, and you know, it's not like Reiki. It's a, It's physical contact. So you, if you are sending people packages, you will be sending the business cards. But even if it's just digital, there are the, exactly what you said on the business card. There's the name, there's the services offered, there's a contact method, and mm -hmm. preferably a couple of contact methods, phone and uh, email address, for instance, and a street address if you do take an in-person class. If you 
have a business card, use the back of it to put something else on it. You don't need to have blank back business cards unless you start getting into multiple business cards, one of which would be blank backed, one style, so you can write notes on it and give them to people. But the mm-hmm. first business card, print both sides. And when you do that, think about who you are and what you're going to be. And think about how cheap business cards are. They cost about four cents each. Buy them in bulk and then think, I'm going to keep this name, this phone number, this address as long as I have these business cards. Because there's nothing more pathetic than a business card that's been crossed out that said Richardson uh, Richardson Construction and it's been crossed out and says Waddell Construction. I kid you not. I have such a business card. The whole name of the company was changed, crossed out and written in pencil. Um, by someone wow. in Katy, Texas. You have to think. They were so poor, they buy another box of business cards. There's nothing sadder than composting your old business cards. Too bad. Let them go. Or recycling them if you recycle. But remember that those business cards are going to be with you for a while. So put everything you want to on them. Mm-hmm. Same with your website. Don't be building a website and then go, oh, I tore that website down. I don't like it. If you want to rebrand it, rebrand it. But before you consider becoming a professional, talk about your brand, your brand name with others. We don't need six more people with the same name. And I'm not going to bother stating what some of those names are, but students in my course know there are so many people with certain names. You can't tell one from the other. You might as well just call yourself Steve, you know, um, as put out some fancy name that has the name of an animal or a bird or a flower or a goddess or whatever, and 16 other people have the same name. So do your research. Find out a unique name for yourself. There is no way to copyright that name. Copyrights only apply apply to content. So, but you can uh, make your company have that name and brand it and uh, trademark your designs. Please think about that. Um, Believe me, I've thought about it a lot. I decided to brand myself with my name, Catherine Ironwood. I've been using that name as a writer for years, and it's my brand. No reason that you need a a username, stage name, fake name, psychic name, professional name. You can use your real name. Nobody's going to hate on you for it. If you feel that being a counselor or friend to others puts you at such jeopardy and risk that you don't want to use your real name, you might want to reconsider why you wanted to become a reader. Remember, professors use their real names, social workers use their real names. You don't go to a you know, you don't go to the child protective services and talk to, you know, Serena Flowerbush, right? You just don't. You talk to, you know, Mrs. So and so. So, um there's nothing inherently wrong or frightening about becoming a psychic reader. People who go in with their guard up and feel they need fake names are often telling us something about themselves. Now, they may use a fake name because they don't want to be found by certain people or they have a family that doesn't like it or they just always identified with this other name. 
many of them will legally change their name, like I did. I was not born Catherine Ironwood. I legally changed my name to that. And there are people who like an honorific, you know, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. But mm-hmm. watch out. Don't go all the way to Mother God, you know. That's, it's, <laughs> it's, it is but a short leap from um, identification with the spirit to self-aggrandizement to the point of narcissism. And it won't work in this world where people can see you. So those are some of my ideas about branding. I am always willing to help people with their branding. I would advise against using unpronounceable names. Um, Try Mm. for things that, you know, anyone of any language base can can speak. (laughs) Don't put your name in Cyrillic. Not that many people read it. You know, things like that. Um, But there's no um, prejudice against using a professional name. Many people do. But make sure that it's one that is who you are, who who you mm. feel like. Okay, so um, there's yeah, a, I think uh, it, I think uh, I'll just jump in here to talk about uh, honorifics just a, a little bit since you've talked about real names. Uh, I think uh, honorifics here have a very long and, and venerable uh, history in Hulu, people being called brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, deacon so-and-so. Uh, we've even had the name King <laughs> show up uh, as, as an honorific King so-and-so. Um, so there are, there are honorifics do exist in Hudu as titles, uh, whether it's a doctor some, something or another, um, or it's a deacon, so, for example, our, our beloved deacon Millet, well, Conjurman is an honorific, right? It's an actual title rather than a name. So honorifics have uh, a long history, but choosing an honorific also says what type of root worker you are. Uh, those that take on the title of doctor, for example, but then won't do any type of healing work or do, do won't do any type of work of service, that's a bit of a problem, right? So don't just jump into an honorific because you feel like it or because you feel like it's a good way to self-aggrandize. Really put a, some thought into the idea of why you have that particular uh, honorific. So not to speak for, for Deacon Millet here, but Deacon Millet runs a candle ministry, right? That's mm-hmm. why he's a deacon. Deacon isn't a casual honorific there. It is a formal title of what he actually does. Um, so this is something to, to consider yourself. If you're going to call yourself Professor So-and-so, um, then ask yourself, are you a teacher? Are you an actual professor? The answer is no. You may run into some trouble because professor is a, is a formal title like doctor. Um, but you can call yourself Professor because you're a te- if you're a teacher, right? Let's say you don't teach at a university, but you do teach who do. You do teach at workshops, and you see teaching as one of your primary functions. Then, yeah, you can take on the title of professor. So be aware that honorifics mean something. They're not random. Don't just randomly decide, well, I'm going to be doctor and then insert animal name, right? Or uh, I'm going to be, <laughs> right. you know, deacon and then insert animal <laughs> name. Or I'm going to be, because it sounds spooky, right? I'm going to call myself Dr. Bones or whatnot, right? You know, ask yourself why you call yourself that. So if you're going to have an honorific, if you're going to call yourself Dr. Bones, nothing wrong with it. There's no shade against it, but you better be working with bones then. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if someone comes right. up and is like, I'm really looking for this lucky bone germ. Oh, I don't actually work with bones. I just call myself Dr. Bones. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's just weird as hell. What are you doing, right? 
So, so uh, if you pick an honor rhythmic, be aware that that becomes part of your brand, the type of work that you do, the type of ministry that you have, the type of spiritual services that you provide there. So this is, again, thinking about the brand. And it's not just a, a business decision, though that certainly plays a role. It also signals what your relationship is to the community, what it is you provide for the community, right? Yeah. Uh, you know that if you go to someone who is called a deacon or bishop or whatnot, that you're getting a particular type of service from them. Mm-hmm. There's a relationship right. with the community. Like, I know that if I go to bishop so-and-so, that I have a particular relationship with that person. This person is a counselor, a spiritual guide, a teacher, that it may even be a signal of the type of work that they do. This is a person who, who works with the Psalms, who works heavily with certain types of prayer, right? Um, same with Miss and Mrs. That also tells you a little bit about something, right? So be aware mm-hmm. that honorifics and titles are ways of both building your brand, but they should be well thought out, and they should reflect your relationship to the community and the services that you provide. Yeah. I'd like to to jump ahead into what you need to do. First of all, you need to study and learn. You don't just wake up one day and go, I'm going to yeah. be playing in Major League Baseball, yeah. right? I, 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 I had a vision from God that I was going to be a pitcher for the Yankees. Nah, that's not how it works. You have to train. You have to learn. So we're going to leave that aside. We're going to assume that you've done some training and learning. Um, you're going to play in the minor leagues a little bit. Some people go right to the majors. Some people play in the minors. Mm-hmm. And the minor leagues would be, you know, offering uh, readings for trade, um, offering readings on some of the lesser services that are um, out there that are not as um, well-known or as popular or that kind of keep the readers poor because they don't give the readers very much money. Well, you do that for a little while, but move up as soon as you can. Then the next thing that you're going to have to think about is what part is reading going to play, A, in your overall income, and B, in your overall waking hours. So the first thing I tell everyone to do is get an extra phone line. Cheap, easy. That phone line should be for your readings. If you read for two or three services, you should get a phone line for every service because you can't be swapping them out. It's not easy. And you'll know, you know, when the red phone rings, that's that phone service. And when the white phone rings, those are my other service. Or if you just do like me, I have um, one line, and I'm either going with pre-scheduled readings or I'm on Hoodoo Psychics, one or the other, and I know my calendar. I know how many hours per day will be spent on readings. And I also know um, how I will allocate my finances according to that. I, I have a goals that I want to meet. No one reading service and no one uh, reading um uh, outlet or set of clienteles like Facebook or Instagram or Hoodoo Psychics or Air or Keen or any of those will provide a full income for most people. You need to kind of spread yourself out. And when you do that, you kind of think, okay, at this service, and this is that little coin that got bumped under the table there under the bench in that card. If you read for one place and it doesn't work for you, drop it. Go to do something else. Find another way to promote yourself. Always think of your readings as something that has a a target of income. If you work by day, you know, as a 
bank clerk, and you allocate three hours every evening for reading, then figure out how much money that's going to bring in. If it works for you, keep it up. And if you go on one of the um, psychic lines, you can do that and be doing something else. Don't sit there waiting for the phone to ring. Do whatever else you would be doing. And I don't mean just watching television, although that's not bad to do, but you also would be writing and promoting your career in other ways those three hours. And you'll start to see that you having multiple streams of income. And I myself find that I'm making different amounts of money. There's a certain variable. And Deacon Millett, you can speak to this. When people read on the psychic lines, it's up and down. It's all over the place, right? Oh, yeah. There's there's just no way to track it. Um, right right now, we seem to be in a, in a lull. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas you know, two months ago, there was this huge spike all of a sudden. It's very variable. I think it's the stars have something to do with it. Um, I I believe in cycles. And so people are troubled. They don't call us when they're happy. I always say, you know, I'm a mm-hmm. foul weather friend. You know, I figure if I'm not hearing from you, it's probably because your life is going pretty well. Um so there there are cycles and ups and downs to this work. And so it's important that you have multiple streams of income so that no matter what happens in any particular week, you're doing okay. And, you know, you mentioned starting off doing a few nights a week while you're being a bank teller. I started my practice on the weekends. Um, I had a full-time job. And um, the only, you know, I'd answer an occasional email from a client, but all the work, the physical work was done only on weekends until the job became untenable. By then I'd reached a place where a weekend was almost not enough. And so I bridged into the world of full-time work. But that took two years. Yeah, that's a a good estimate. Yeah, Yeah, that's a very good estimate, by the way, two years to transition from a day job to reading full-time. We have a question in the uh, chat from uh, Patricia. What about a product line, but reading also? Should the name be the same? What do you think? Is that a good idea? I think everything, you know, under the same umbrella, certainly. Um, I think there's there's a there's the idea that an individual name is associated with readings and a sign name, you know, if you think in terms of a brick and mortar store, is associated with product. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm going to jump in on this too because if you, for instance, decide to uh, retire, or maybe you are. Um, God forbid, in an accident and can no longer lift boxes of candles, you can sell the store if the store is not your name. But you can't sell your name. And you can, and I know, you can and I know readers who are in a wheelchair and could not run a shop. The shop got sold. They're still reading. So there are things to think about as far as planning your life cycle. Your name stays with you the whole time. And there's nothing sadder than a person whose name got sold along with the shop. So I think they should be separate. But as for selling 
products, um, it's a very good extra income. You can, um, you know, make products. You can buy them wholesale. You can even find some of these pre-set up shops, storefronts that you can just simply plug your name in and you just get a commission and they drop ship it for you. However you want to do that, just make sure that you like the products, work with them, know how to use them and can pr- and uh, can properly um, prescribe for people. Yeah. I, I can never forget the fact that at the end of his life, Walt Disney didn't even own his own handwriting. Um, I know. Every, every single letter had been sold. Um, so right. Nothing. That's right. Nothing. That's right. And that, this is a this is something that is um, interesting. I mean, you know. But and and he and he made enough money. He flung himself into it. That's good. But for many of us, it's not the way we want to go. And no. so <laughs> I I have split myself. I'm Catherine Ironwood or Cat Ironwood, depending on what you want to call me. And I own. Lucky Mojo Curio Company, and I'm a pastor at Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. Those are things that I'm associated with, but I also am a member of different groups, and I proudly, you know, wave their banners too, AIR and the Crystal Silence League and so forth. So associate yourself with colleagues is the next step, I would say. There's no need to consider all of your friends suddenly to be your competitors. There is nothing more uh, self-destructive than to get into that um, state of mind where you end up posting really wicked things on Facebook about some readers do this, but I don't. Oh, my God. It's like these embattled readers. It's so self-dramatizing and so... um, wrong because they don't get good clients they only get embattled people who sympathize and empathize with their embattlement so colleague join other people and think Mm -hmm. about how you can benefit not only um, the community of clients but the community of other metaphysical practitioners absolutely i i feel like you know what kind of magicians are these who cannot increase the size of the pie, but instead have to steal stuff away from other people. It's like two incompatible worldviews. And magic is about removing limitation. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, there is, a, there is another thing, and we've mentioned this in passing a couple of times on the show. Um, when When we see it, it kind of sticks out. There are readers, really, I guess you could call them catch-as-catch-can readers on Facebook or Instagram, who uh, spend their time posting really weird shit about clients, about how much they hate clients. Don't you just hate it when clients do blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what's with that? Why are they trying to be a professional? Would you go to a plumber who said... You know what I hate about clients is that they all have toilets. <laughs> well, buddy, don't become a plumber, man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Take pride in what you do. And if, if what you do is helping people who've got messy lives, help them. If all that you do is um, lead people in prayer, then just lead people in prayer. You know what I hate about clients? They're always coming to church. <laughs> well, that doesn't make you a good preacher, does it? 
So yeah. there's a, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of this posturing. Another thing I want to warn people about is spamming potential clients. So on Instagram and Facebook, particularly on Instagram, which I have set up to give me automatic messages on my phone, these people follow me and the next and of course I accept it and you know whatever and the next thing they are filling my inbox with these um can I sign you up for a reading the ancestors have a special message for you and I'm like oh no not that one again then their account gets taken down and another account with you know a different picture and a different name has the same message for me over and over and over again don't do it it no matter how tempting it seems do not spam clients don't do it. Yeah, I do want to. I would. I want to mention here that even before you get started, and this goes to the the question of complaining or the issue of complaining, that how you get started is you first ask, have to ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing. There's absolutely mm-hmm. no problem with you saying you're trying to make a living. There's absolutely no problem with that. If you're doing this because you need to make a living, that's perfectly fine. Everyone's trying to make a living. But if that is your primary concern, if your primary concern is money and money alone without any notion of service, care, or helping, this is not for you. In the same way that if your only notion is making money uh, or uh, or making money, you should not become a doctor or a psychologist or social worker. Mm-hmm. The, there are certain professions that have an element of care built into them. Go and become a business person. Go and own some other type of shop. Go and do whatever you want. The world is wide open to you. But if you think that you can make a fast buck as a reader without a notion that, hey, you are actually helping people, then it's going to lead you down that path where you're sitting there and complaining about your clients, where it leads you down that path where you start to see your clients as, sources of money and not as individuals reaching out in pain needing help. So it is very crucial. The very first question you should ask yourself before you even decide to take a course or whatnot is why you're doing what you're doing. If you have a call to help people, that's the key. If you have a call to help people, then you can begin to learn, then you can begin to start taking courses and start to develop your practice from there. If you don't have that sense of care, this is not for you. You're invi- Think about it. Not only are you caring for other people who are going to come to you in quite desperate straits, but you also have to address the fact that they're bringing that stuff into your life. Right? They're bringing in their, emotional, their emotions into your life. They're bringing in that desperation into your life, you're, and you're going to have to deal with it. Can you handle that? The answer is no. Then, then maybe this isn't for you, and that's okay, perfectly fine. There's also some other things that you can do. But once you decide, yes, I am going to uh, – I want to become a reader. I do want to become a root worker. Ms. Kat mentioned, and you can mention some fantastic ways that you, you can get started. There are two things I want to mention here. I do recommend some form of association. Um, I don't think that that's, uh, we're now in the era where that's more of an option. I don't think so. That's an indication that you're willing to work with a community. That doesn't mean you, everyone has to join AIR, though AIR is certainly a phenomenal association. But it does matter that you have a community. Who are you connected to? Who are you linked to? Who can you turn to for help when you need help? 
concerning, right? Um, who can mm-hmm. you turn to to ask questions? Or who can you refer to? If a person comes to you and they ask for something you are not an expert in, you should, if you are an ethical person, be able to refer them to someone else, someone that you can trust. This may be formal, as some type of formal association, or it may be a collective that is informal. Maybe you have a group of readers that you are all on each other's Facebook pages or whatnot. You build trust over time. I do think that form of professional association is important. It is a sign that you are serious about this work and are willing to work with other professionals that will keep you to an ethical standard, but will also be a source and resource for you and your clients. Um, and then the, the, the second that I think uh, you need to, to seriously consider is what it is you're offering the community. So these are sort of kind of guiding or orienting questions when you set up your business. What is it that you're offering? Are you offering readings? Are you offering candle services? Are you offering products? As Patricia asked earlier, are you selling things? What is it that you're giving the community? What does the community get from you? This will help to connect you to what's out there as well. Who is it, who is your audience? Who's your who are your clients? Is it soccer moms? Is it uh, you know people in Louisiana? Is it national? Is it international? Right? Who are your clients? Who are you going to you know connect with? I have a mop, you know I have a brick and mortar shop. That means I'm serving a particular clientele within a particular city within a particular state. And if you happen to be lucky, maybe people will outside of the state will come to you. I have an online shop, so my business is more national, but I don't do international. I do telephone reading, so I'm willing to take on an international clientele. Ask yourself what it is you offer and who your clients are going to be. Each of these questions are not just random. They're about designing and building your brand and who you are as a reader and boot worker. Very, very well said. Uh, Patricia asked a question. Um, she said she her, she sells products and wishes to have readings as well. And this brings up the topic of which side of the balance, or do you need them both? Do you need readings mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. products and root work, or can you take any one of those and make a career out of it? I know people who love making products. Very little reading, but they do, will do reading to do prescriptions mm-hmm. for products. Some people do a lot of root work, don't really like the reading. They just intuit it and they go, this is what we're going to do. There's, um, Just be honest with the clients what you like to do. If you sell products and don't feel much of a reader, you may end up hiring a reader for your shop. And that's all right, too, because there are readers who don't want to make products. And um, Cousin Joshua asked also in the chat, how can um, younger and newer people cut through some of the uh, chaff that's on the um, internet. There's so much weirdness on the internet, and mm. I'm telling you, there is so much BS and so much made-up oh. stuff. One way is to join a group that has roots that go back a ways. Talk to elders. I'm not saying every old person is right. I'm just saying get a group. If you get a group of older people together, they will tell you that that little thing you just heard that was done in St. Louis is bullshit because it was never done in St. Louis, and they've been in St. Louis. They fucking lived in St. Louis, and no, that was never done in St. Louis. And so these kinds of uh, things can be had by accessing the community wisdom 
and that's very important. Now, lineages and initiations come next after talking about accessing community wisdom. Do you need to be initiated to be a reader or a root worker or professional? No, you do not. It's folk healers have a long tradition of just learning and doing and practicing and being called to it. But if you want to follow a religion that it requires initiation or a a lodge system such as the Freemasons or a Hermetic Order such as the Amorc or any whatever system like that, don't lie about your initiations. Be sure you do get initiated and that you keep your dues and remember good standing because you will be checked on that. Yeah, that, that's super crucial. And that's, that's another way of connecting to a community if you're a part of an initiatic order uh, or some type of initiatic religion, that's a community that's already there that you can you can connect with. The internet is a really great tool. You need to ask yourself how what role the internet plays in your practice. If you have uh, an online website, you have social media and whatnot. But it is important to use uh, the internet with what I call filters, right? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be so online that the entirety of your personality is about building an online persona. Your persona has to exist elsewhere as well. Um, you issue, it, that doesn't mean you have to have a brick and mortar shop. It doesn't mean everybody has. But you've got to be able to ground yourself in the actual physical world. Are you going to meet up with people? Are you actually going to talk to them? Are you going to pick up the phone and talk to someone at some point or another? Uh, these type of filters matter a lot because you can get kind of lost in the Internet. The Internet is in this weird area where every single thing you can seek is on there which can be both great, it means that you can find what you're looking for, but also means you can get lost in all sorts of weeds. It can help reinforce a lot of negative stereotypes. It can also reinforce a lot of misinformation. And so you need to, in addition to asking like what your relationship is to the community, you should ask what your relationship is to the internet. You have a website, you have some social media presence, are you going to be using your social media presence primarily? Is that the way that people will communicate with you? Do they reach out via Facebook or whatnot? Which groups are you a part of? This matters, too, because your clients want to know. If you're someone who's online a lot, and you, that's going to be part of your presence, are you going to be sitting there and posting really horrible shit? Right? Like, oh, okay, you, <laughs> you, share some, you share some sweet cat videos every once in a while. Not a big deal. But if you're also – hey, I'm all about social media, and then all of a sudden you're posting all sorts of, like, horrible personal updates about how your life is a disaster and you're going through a divorce and you hate your ex. Your clients have access, your clients have access to that, right? Or if you right. become a conspiracy theorist, you decide that you're an anti-vaxxer and, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the Jew, Jews have space lasers, right? you got to ask yourself what your relationship is to social media how you're going to use social media, and how your, your clients will interact with your social media and the Internet. So that relationship is really, really important. I believe in the basics. You should have a website just as you should have a business card. The website should be able to be, offer multiple forms of communication, either a form, an email, a phone number. And maybe one form of social media that you can connect with clients and you can connect with your community. I believe in in the bare necessities, as I call it, when it comes to the internet. Maybe because I'm a little bit of a, a luddite when it comes to this stuff. Uh, but I think that that there's other than building community, there are I, I think 
some of the harm that comes with the internet uh, really takes away from your practice as a, as a spirit worker. Plus, you should be at your altars lighting those candles rather than posting dumb conspiracy theories on your Facebook page anyway. Well, you know, <laughs> you know that's, that's so true. And uh, there's a, one other thing I want to say, too, and that is about um, exploiting, and I mean that in a good sense, all of the social media outlets that you feel comfortable using, YouTube, yeah. audio, um, you know, video, whatever, um, writing, blogs, um, web pages, forums, mm-hmm. you ex- exploit them all. You don't have to, to become obsessed with any one of them and spend all your yeah. time on one of them. Just as an example, the Lucky Mojo Forum, which is an old-fashioned PHP BB forum, mostly text-based, has a lot of pictures in it. Um, anybody who's uh, in the public can join that. They can let themselves be known. If they become a student of mine, their name changes to bold. If they graduate, their name goes blue. If they become a forum moderator, their name goes green. If they join AIR, their name goes purple. And if they are a patron of mine, their name goes red and so forth. You can make those posts at the forum, but mm. don't you know use it to spam. And also remember, if you do go professional and you started off by posting at the Lucky Mojo forum, I'm a complete newbie and have no clue what I'm doing, but someone told me I have to worship Santa Muerte to get a boyfriend, that's not going to serve you well when you become professional. So you might have to either ditch an older username, scrub your old posts um, by becoming a moderator and getting moderator tools at the forum, or be wise before you go out there and make those silly posts and think of yourself as, I will be pitching for the Yankees one day, so I'm not going to be found walking around in a Nazi uniform and um, peeing on people in the streets, right? Because that won't serve me to become a pitcher at the Yankees. So this is a big one. Think of your whole life. Think of your life cycle. Now, many people come to being a professional reader young. I did. And, uh, you know, I didn't have everything together, I'll tell you. But I I got it together pretty quick. I figured out this is a long haul and I'm going to be in this for the rest of my life. I don't want to do foolish and stupid things. And people who come to being a reader later in life are the ones who actually are more likely to use a um, professional name, a stage name, um, because they have already built a persona as themselves. No, Nothing wrong with that, but it's just something I've noticed. So folks, study and learn. Now, the one thing we did not mention was how do you become psychic? We're assuming you're already psychic. And as Cousin Joshua said, this is a master class. This is for the people who are psychic and um, want to know how to become a professional psychic. So take advantage of all of the help that's offered. There are so many things that we um, offer. You will make friends in this business. Don't make enemies. It's not going to serve you well. Make friends and Consider that, as I always say, strength united is stronger. If you join a group or an organization, that organization will be able to pay for and promote more advertisements than you could individually. Unless you're you know, very, very lucky and end up with a TV show, um, it really will pay for you to join a, a, a cohort or group. 
And there's our music. And I'm going to tell you, um, take advantage of what Deacon Millet is offering here. And the two for the price of one. Join air, get who do psychics free. You can't beat that. All right. Whew. Well, that was a lot of intense information. We're going to turn this over to Clifford Lowe, and he's going to bring us to our client for the day. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly, call one 888 hoodoo or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Miss Who calling from area code 682. Miss Who, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Excellent, excellent. You indicated that you had uh, 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 the situation. I recently left a, uh, a violent relationship, and I'm trying to fight for the custody of my infant child as the father took him. I'm incredibly vulnerable and impressionable at this time. A guy my age from Nigeria is performing rituals with his priest for reasons he will not say, but each day I feel as though my life has no hope or meaning. I've seen mental health professionals, and there is no diagnosis that fits me other than situational trauma. I am unsure of how to take control of my life back. Please advise me in any way you can. Thank you. Turn it over to you, Miss Cat. Oh, my. Oh, well, Miss Who, I'm so sorry. It, it does sound like you've been hmm. given a tremendous burden at this time, and I understand situational trauma, and um, I, it, mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense to me. Um, I'm going to ask you what sign of the zodiac you are. Um, I'm Aries. An Aries, okay. And um, do you have contact with um, the man who took your infant child, the father of the child? Very minimal. Do you have a lawyer? Um, I have had two lawyers, but um, there's just been some unfortunate, you know, circumstances with, you know, like negligence on the attorney's part. And so I haven't really had good representation. All right. I'm going to say something that's going to sound really strange coming from a psychic reader. If you're short on money, stop paying the Nigerian priest and find a good lawyer. I never... Never Mm. counsel anyone in a situation such as yours to drop the material and legal and there's in some cases medical components when if, if it's a question of finances, that has to be the ground on which you stand. Just think of the psychic world that we often visualize as being in our heart and in our head, but our hands and our feet are closer to the ground, and we really need to have be able to stand and to grab before we can bring things into our heart and into our mind. I'm serious about this. Do not 
call back later and say, I never got another lawyer, please. Now, I'm going to do mm-hmm. a reading for you about this um, because I'm quite concerned. I feel that there is um, difficulty here that is not um, going well in your favor. Okay. So um, how long has it been since you've seen the child? Um, it's been about two months. Two months. Uh, all right. You need to be in family court. You need to be um, have a lawyer. If you can't afford a lawyer, go to family court now. But I will read for you. I will. But it, 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 let me just tell you, having a Nigerian priest in your corner is good, but right now you need, you need legal representation. All right. Card number one is a card called the wise woman or the high priestess. This usually represents a card reader. It's probably grumpy old me. Um, the high priestess is a wise woman who gives good advice. She's a woman who everyone comes to. Since you came to me for advice, I'm not going to say this is you. I'm going to say this is probably me or someone like me. You need a woman on your side who has experienced custody issues. You need um, a a connection with the world of spirit. Absolutely. I would work with um, people who have a religious background. In this case, it's shown as pagan, uh, Christian, Jewish, and Islamic. It's all kind of mixed together. This lady has all access to many different cultures. But um, you need to establish a relationship with someone who will guide you and be there for you. The next is a really bad card, and it's called the devil. Now, this card shows um, a devil who's sitting on a rock, and there are two people with chains around their neck, and they are chained to the rock. The devil is not holding them. And this is the situation where the man is having his tail set on fire by the devil. This is your ex who is violent, abusive, may also abuse drugs or alcohol, has um, a bad temper. And you are in a situation where you are chained and have nothing but this little bundle of grapes as your little, that's your child, fertility. And you are being placed under the sign of Saturn that that the devil has in his hand. You are in a very bad situation, and I think you know it, and I'm not trying to scare you, but the one thing about this card that's so important to understand is that the chains around these people's necks are loose, and they can take them off. And you may need a helper to get you to really understand that, but don't uh, stay chained to this devil to this person there's a a lot going on here and a lot of moving parts but when we see the devil we know it's a very dangerous situation and i'm concerned for you quite concerned so the third card is a card that is um one of getting yourself um into a strong position, getting yourself into a position where you can make choices rather than be a victim. And the card is not the end-all and be-all. It doesn't say, hey, you know, 
you're going to figure your way out of this in three weeks. But it does tell me that there is some work you need to do. And part of it is accepting help. So the helper is um, represented here as the Queen of Swords. So this is a woman, and I would say a woman lawyer. You may need a woman counselor and a woman lawyer. And the mm-hmm. woman the woman lawyer, the Queen of Swords, is someone who speaks well, who is articulate, who is protective, who will see that you get what you need. There not a day should go by without some legal, social, financial, moral and um, detective work, whatever it takes, your job, number one, is to get representation and to get help. Now, you can, with this help, cleanse yourself and cut off, this is sword she holds, cut off connection to this person. But there is no way that he should have the legal right to have um, control of that child without you seeing the child. And you know it, I know it, God knows it, and the courts of your state know it. So be prepared to get help. And you you would you want in both of these cards it says the help should be from a woman who will be your helper. Okay? So I'm going to turn this over to Deacon Millet for a reading. I'm just so um, sorry about your situation. It really is devastating. And your um, your feelings are natural in this situation. You've been attacked. You've been abused. Um, and uh, a little bit of a feeling of despondency and, and you know, depression is, is completely valid. But you have to pull yourself out of it at the same time um, because you have a child to fight for. Um, So I'm going to pull three cards. These are from the Secret Bikini Oracle deck, um, which is the uh, card deck that I use. The first card here is As Above, So Below. And this card is the, the God's Will card. This is the card of On Earth As It Is In Heaven. And um, you need to, when when things feel impossible to you, you need to put yourself into God's hands and know that this isn't how it would be in heaven. Um, as as Miss Cat's cards said, the the devil is at play here, but this is God is stronger. So uh, always place whatever you have to into God's hands. The serenity prayer is a very good one for you um, in terms of having the courage to do what you need to do, um, but the wisdom to know where it's pointless. So please, uh, there there is hope and possibility in God, so seek it there. The second card is burning bush lineage tree. Um, And this is a card of institutions, um, particularly institutions with ties into the past. Um, So 
the justice system, the legal system, is is an institution um, that is there to serve you, and you are going to have to have a lot of focus um, on legal matters, and that will require someone who has been a part of this lineage of lawyers, who has done the work and learned what was necessary to help you. Um, so that's a hugely important factor for you. The third card is Living Goddess. And the Living Goddess is a woman, she's high up in a tower looking down at her life. Um, there's, as Ms. Kat said, there's a need for a woman's um, power here and a woman's advice. The Living Goddess is looking down dispassionately on things to see a strategy. She looks down at her domain and all the pieces, and she's planning how to arrange them. And um, I don't think you've got the capacity right now to pull yourself up into the position of the Living Goddess to look down on all this unemotionally and strategize your way forward. You need a helper who can do that. Um, and uh, I believe that you can find that help um, in, in powerful women in the church, powerful female lawyers, powerful women in social work. Um, but these cards are not about trying to do this on your own. So um, I, I really pray that uh, everything goes well for you. Um, feel free to reach out for um, pro bono services. This is something that um, AIR provides in these kinds of situations. We will burn candles for you for free. We will give, mm. you know, we will help you spiritually for free. Um, so that you can use your resources um, as, as best used for you. So I hope that's helpful and um, you'll definitely be in my prayers tonight. That's really a good thing. Thank you, Deacon Millett, for mentioning that. Ms. Michael and Lady Muse are the chairwoman of the Air Pro Bono Fund, and we supply um, free spiritual supplies to those who need them. Um, and we also, many of our churches, four altars and Missionary Independent and um, Aunt Caroline Die and so forth, all of us will set free candles for people in need um, usually a small candle, not a big one, but we will set them. And if you have court dates or things coming up, let us know in advance, and we will set those candles for you. There's no charge. All right, let's turn this over to Conjurman. He's going to give you some advice. Yeah, I think you've gotten some really good readings here. My heart goes out to you. This is a very difficult position for you to be in. It's very unusual for them to separate uh, an infant child in particular from uh its mother, um, but the good news is, is in the long-term victory is very likely. Uh, the chances of a child being separating from that mom in a custody battle is very low. So hold on to that, um, so bear that in mind, but you do need help here. I will give you some root work advice, but none of the root work advice I give you is a trump card or, or will triumph and will give you triumph if you don't have uh, a good lawyer. 
and a good social worker. You need someone who's going to connect you. Uh, one of the advices I recommend is if this was a domestic violence situation, if this was a situation where you had something difficulty going on in, in the home, reach out to women's groups. Reach out. There are groups that will help in that regard. Reach out to people who have been in similar situations. Organizations exist. Look them up online, and they will connect you with social workers. They will connect you with caseworkers, people that will ensure that you have the right mental health, but also ensure that you'll get the right lawyers here. I'm going to offer you some workings. They're not very hard to do, and you can do them on your own, so you don't have to worry about any priest or anything along those lines. The first is to work with your ancestors. Your ancestors want to see you thrive. They want to see you with your family and thrive, and they certainly want to see you with another descendant, right? That's the continuation of their line. So reach out to ancestors, particularly the females in your line, grandmothers that may have passed on, great-grandmothers that may have passed on, and ask them for aid. You can do so by setting up a space for them, invoking their name, placing their images on there, offer them a cup of water, um, and then offer them a lamp. I'm going to tell you how to make that lamp, but you're going to keep that lamp on there with a cup of water, asking them to reunite you with your child. Uh, pray from the heart, speak to them, call out to them. They will answer and hearken to you. Um, the lamp you want to keep going. And what I want you to do is get an oil lamp, place a picture of you and your child in the lamp, or you can place it on a picture frame uh, uh, next to the lamp. Some people are very uncomfortable with putting living uh, pictures on ancestral altars. There are sort of conflicting traditions from this. Some say don't put any living pictures on ancestral altars. I came from a tradition where we did keep them on there. It was actually quite common to put uh, the little kids in general uh, in on an ancestral altar so that the ancestors watched over the little kids. Uh, generally not adults, but little kids were always on there. Um, sometimes people preferred not the actual image of the little kid, but little angel statues were common, and they would name each of the angel statues for the kids. So that's, these are sort of different traditions that exist within hoodoo, whatever you're comfortable with. If you don't want to put an image of your child and yourself on an ancestor altar, you can take the image, fold it up, and place it into the well of the lamp itself. You're going to put into this lamp a well. You're going to add rosemary, which grants power to women, angelica root for protection, queen Elizabeth root to grant you victory and success, blood root to invoke the connection of you and your child and keep it safe, flaxseed for protection of the child, bay leaf for victory, and mother wart, which is protective and blessings for mother and child. You're going to then add the oil into this. You're going to pray over it, add a couple drops of blessing oil, 7-Eleven oil works as well, and victory oil. Light this uh, lamp and keep it on the ancestor altar with the cup of water. Pray over this every day. Once a week, you will refresh the water, toss the water out, put new water in, keep the lamp going, add oil as you go, trim the wick, keep the flame low so that it's not constantly putting soot up into the flute of the lamp and up into your ceiling. So maintain this lamp's light. Pray over it. And as you pray, I want you to pray Psalm 127, verses 3 to 5. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward for him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed are those whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. 
is a very important verse. It brings in all the themes we're talking about of children and court, but also it is about that child will be your defense. That child will be yours. It will be a blessing in your life. It's a heritage from the Lord. So pray over the light. Pray over it as you do this working, and it shall bring you victory. Please, please, please. Find a good lawyer. It will be a woman with some type of religious icon in her office. All right. And, um, Contraman, could you put that verse that you were quoting into the chat log, please? It's Psalm 127.3. Just, yeah. no, just type it. Type it. Type yeah. It. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We're going to um, hope for the best, and, um, and um, we'll see how it goes. Call back if you need help again later. We're going to turn this over to Cliff Lowe and um, see what happens. First, the network schedule announcement, then the amazing Cliff Lowe drifting down on a cloud of mugwort fumes. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Deacon Millet of fouroralters.org in the high desert of California. Take it away, Deacon Millet. All right. So I'm going to share a psychic business empowerment spell with you guys tonight. Um, it's one of the, the simpler um, spells that one can do in terms of its uh, layout, but it can be adapted to many different functionalities. So if you're a student of Hoodoo, um, give it a shot. I want you to start with three candles. Um, they can be any kind of candles you want. I'm a big fan of vigil candles because I feel like they're very safe, but you can use tapers, um, emergency candles, votives, anything but a small chime candle would work for this spell. And I want you, on either side of the wick of the first candle, I want you to mark a dollar sign. So you'll have a dollar sign on either side of the wick. Now, if it's taper, it'll be down the side. If it's a vigil, it'll be inside the glass. If it's a votive, you can do it either way. Um, in the second candle, you'll on either side of the wick, you're going to mark a cent sign. Um, and on the third candle, you'll go back to dollar signs. And if you then lay them out one, two, three, you'll see that that is the success vigil. Um, and you, if you're a student of Miss Katz, you know the power of that sigil for success. So then I want you to choose um, three oils and herbs for your candles. Um, I like more colorful candles, which the vigil candles offer, but if you just got the white emergency candles or any kind of natural candles, if you're a fan of beeswax, those always work too. Um, so 
the three things I've chosen um, would be an orange candle or road opening or blockbuster for removing obstacles. Ganesha is good for removing obstacles. Um, because if you haven't started your psychic business, clearly there's a reason why. There's something that's been standing in your way, something that's been holding you back. And we need the power um, to take that on. The second candle, I like to use purple because I like to use purple, but it's the psychic vision candle. Um, it is the one to um, empower your psychic senses and let this spell know we're talking about psychic vision. This is not plumbing oil. <laughs> um, we keep going back to plumbers here. This is psychic vision oil. The third candle will be some form of success or money candle, crown of success, attraction, money drawing, wealthy way, steady work. Um, all of those would be great choices. Um, I have that as a, as a green candle um, for myself that you can do as you wish. Um, now you're going to take them and arrange the three candles in a triangle. Um, in order to arrange them, I'd like you to really think about what's most difficult for you. And I want you to put that at the apex of the triangle, top of the triangle. Do you fear that your psychic vision is not good enough? Put that at the top. Do you fear failure, that you won't be a success, that you need money too much to risk moving into a new business? That would be the success element. If you feel like something's been holding you back, that you just are stuck and can't move forward, that would be the road opening candle. And put that at the top, at the apex of your three candles that form a triangle. Um, in the center, place your business card. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the, the business card as a physical item, but it's also a metaphysical item. It's symbolic of your drive to um, reach out to customers and to bring your business to a professional level. So it's great to put in the center. You can also put in the center a printout of your homepage, a photograph of your store, um, some, if you do have a physical store, you can use some dirt from around the foundation of the store. If you have a lodestone that's appropriate, you know, that you've, you've appropriated for business and drawing customers to you, that could go in the center. And then, um, light the candles. Uh, and I'd like you to visit the spell at least once a day. Um, if you're using vigil candles, you could just let them burn if they're, you put them in a safe spot. Um, otherwise, you should extinguish them and then relight them each day as you pray over this spell for your new business. Um, you may want to use an incense, and, and I'm not going to tell you what incense to use. You know, there's an element of this that if you're planning to be a professional reader and root worker, you, you've got to trust your spirit. You've got to trust your psychic senses. Um, for me, I would probably use Nog Champa because it has a deep emotional meaning just to me. Um, but many people like frankincense, myrrh, black cat incense. Um, age if you feel like you really need some spiritual cleansing. 
Um, so that's my suggestion for a, a little spell to light your path here, and um, look forward to hearing what Ms. Catton Conjurman has to add to it. Mm, very wow. Cool. I, uh, that's so, so, so good. And I really like the idea of putting the ultimate goal, the hardest to achieve, the most difficult goal at the apex of the triangle. I have a couple of things I want to say. Burning candles in a triangle is something that we find in hoodoo going back at least to the days of Louis de Clermont in 1936. He mentioned this in the first actual dedicated book on hoodoo, which was called Legends of Incense, Urban Oil Magic. That's number one. Number two, don't do this in a closet. Don't do this in a back room. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do this either where you work or if you want to attract people to a place where you are working, do it like in the window where it can be seen. Bring people in. Um, do Do the spell where you will be working. Okay? Okay. Wow, what a wonderful spell. And um, again, our our uh, hopes and prayers for our client who's facing a very, very difficult situation here yeah, and yeah. needs um, helpers. And so we'll see what can be done with that as far as prayer. And, um, and we can provide a legal advice insofar as asking her to get a lawyer. We cannot provide actual legal advice, okay? So... Um, I want to turn this over to Clifford, and um, he's going to give us our outgoing announcements, and then we'll come back and all say goodbye. Thank you very much, Ms. Cat and Conjureman, and thank you, Deacon Millet of FourAlters.org in the high desert of California for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Dr. Jeremy Weiss of TempleofMiriam.com in Seattle, Washington, bringing us the topic of souls and soulmates. And we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. And you can find this cat at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. Traumatic Conjurement Consulting Mission Viejo, California. Announcer Clifford Lowe joining you. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next time, uh, next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, Cliff. All right, now, start saving your shekels, as Stan Lee used to say. The Hoodoo Heritage Festival 2022 is coming your way. Stay tuned for announcements. Stay tuned for the presenters lineup. And, um, you know, you got to have your books ready when the gate opens. Um, we hope everything goes well for everyone who listens. Wishing you all the best. Good night. Good night, all. Good night.